What is the story guys? My name is JD and welcome to the first episode of Thought Tigers where we are here to let your mind roar by showing you, yes you, that you can change your life by changing your thoughts. So in this episode we're going to be looking at the topic of addiction and how you can beat addiction. To do that we're going to hear the story of Brent, a recovered addict, and how he personally beat his addiction through his strategies, mindset, and any wisdom that he can pass on to you guys. Brent, as an addict, was addicted to basically a who's who list of drugs. So we had weed, meth, opioids, Adderall, cocaine, alcohols, probably a few in there I'm missing too. Bottom line is, if Brent can beat addiction, so can you. So without further ado, let's go meet Brent. Okay, welcome guys to the first episode of Thought Tigers. You ready to let your mind roar, Brent? I am indeed. I still don't know if that's too cheesy a name to have for this. So as I said, with this show, we're going to focus on how you are a prime example that you can actually change your life by changing your thoughts. And how we actually met was kind of crazy. When I was working my previous sales job for Swanky, and on the radio coming here, I heard that, I think it was 2017 was the first year that opioids or an actual class of drug overtook car deaths as the biggest killer of like I think it was people under the age of 45 in the yeah. US like as a former addict yourself of what was it meth cocaine, cocaine Adderall. and Adderall alcohol. so and alcohol nicotine, <laughs> nicotine. okay like, who was to just check off what didn't you do <laughs> how does it make you feel hearing something like that where I mean, when you look at it, you got morgues in Ohio and in Tennessee that can't even fill the capacity. Like, they have bodies on the floor because there's two, they're, they're out of spaces because of the opioid ep epidemic. Um, but the problem is, is that whenever you look at something like that, like when you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, like that's a big number. That's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a really massive, you know, just idea of like, of a, of a problem. But what we don't look at is instead of like, that's the fruit. The fruit is the, is the action. Like people are dying because they're doing all these drugs. But what is the root? And so as a society, we tend to look, get passionate about, oh my God, we gotta fix this. Like there's like, there's, you know, ice bucket challenge, whatever, like all this other stupid stuff that doesn't really change anything. Mm -hmm. Because instead of looking at the action, we need to look at the root. And what causes this? Like, why are so many people turning to opioids? Why are so many people turning to cocaine, Adderall, you know, all of the above? Why? And so when you begin to look at that, that's when you can fix the problem. So what do you think is, what was your why? Why did you We're turn? jumping right in. We're jumping <laughs> right in, yeah. No foreplay. Uh, so I think that a big thing is for me was growing up in a, an environment of, well, I grew up in church, but then whenever my mom got cancer at eight, it was like, you know, okay, like we'll pray and God will heal her and it'll be amazing. And then, he, and then she does get healed. So it's like, praise God, like amazing. Mm -hmm. But then like seven months later, it comes back and it's more aggressive. But like, we're just gonna pray again and God's gonna heal her. And then we do. It's like a cycle. And she prayed and we pray, you know, and exhort, you know, because we're, you know, God-fearing people. And then, but then six years later, like five cancer tries later, like she finally dies. And so then it's like, did we not pray hard enough? Like, what was this, you know, kind of looking to God like a genie in a bottle. But, and so, it, with that, like, 
those are like, uh, how do you say it? Um, impressionable years, kind of like where you're like, your childhood, like you have long-term ramifications. Whatever happens in your childhood will usually play out in some shape, form or another in your, in your adult life. Mm -hmm. And so when you grow up in pain, when you grow up in suffering, that becomes a part of your identity. So you find identity in, victor, in, in, in victimization. And so with that, like you got a kid that's angry, he's bitter, he feels like life's unfair, he doesn't feel any affirmation or validation because like she's fighting for her life. She can't tell me that she, I mean, she told me that she loves me, you know what I mean? But she, mm -hmm. I, I can't be the focus because she's literally fighting for her life. So then when you've got that, you're like, you got this kid that's like, okay, well then I need to find people that love me because I don't feel loved because I feel neglected. Again, not her fault, but just, you know, and so whenever you get that, where's the easiest place to find it? In a party, because I'm good at partying. I can get girls, I can talk to them, I can bring girls with me. In high school, what do you care about? You care about girls, and you care about partying. So, you, so if you're good at those two things, now I'm popular, now people like me because of, you know, not, not for like who I actually am, it's just because, oh wow, that kid gets girls, and that girl, I got, I got fun to party with, you know, I'll do cake stands with you all night long, play beer pong, you know, whatever. <laughs> And so when you start partying at a young age, I think I started drinking when I was like 12. Um, or like having like my first drink, you know what I mean? Uh, I think I had cocaine for like the first time, like 13, 14, 15 maybe, somewhere there. Um, but when you start like that early, like as humans, we always escalate because we're always looking like progress is happiness. Even if it's progress in the wrong direction, mm. it's still advancing somewhere. So like that's why you don't get somebody rarely that can just stop at one thing. It's like it escalates like from one drink to five, to five drinks to a case, to a case, to a case, you know, whatever. And so when you start that young, it's just you, you just keep going and going and going. And so for me, I mean, you look at it and you've got just a kid that doesn't know who he is. So I think like... I think an important part about knowing, like when you're growing up, in a stable family as it's intended, a mother or father, because there's things that your mother can't teach you, but your father can. There's things that your father can't teach you that only your mother can. That's how you like get like a perfect balance of a stable human being. Not saying no one's perfect, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so whenever you don't get that, you don't know who you are. So if you don't know who you are, you can't tell somebody who you're not. You know what I mean? What do you mean by telling someone who they're not? Like, if, if I look at you and I'm like, you're a piece of crap, you're a thief, you're a liar and a cheat. Mm -hmm. You know you're not any of those things. So you can look at me and be like, whatever. Like, it doesn't, it just runs off your back. You know it doesn't bother you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know who you are, well, maybe I am a, a piece of crap. Like, maybe I am a, a, a loser, worth, you know, whatever. Like, maybe I am just good at partying. Like, maybe, maybe I am a drunk. Maybe I am a junkie. I don't know. Like, you don't know, if you don't know who you are, you can't say who you're not. But if you're raised and like your parents told you, hey, you're a good boy, you're a man of character, you're a man of integrity, you're a man of influence, you're a man that's gonna do something, you love God, you love people, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. You know, then when things come at you, you're like, no, that's a lie. Like, that's an, I'm not that person, I'm this person. But if you don't have that, then you're just kind of wading through life and just kind of like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like, who am I? Like, you can be 10 different people to 10, you can be 10 different people to 10 different people. Like, when you're talking to this girl, she's into soccer, so you like soccer. You're talking to this guy, he's in the business, so you pretend that you know about business, you know, whatever it is. But you're like a chameleon because you don't know who you really are. And so rather than take the time to actually look in the painful mirror and be like, hey, why don't I like this person? Like, who, somewhere along the lines, like, you know, like, 
for me, 16 years of just escaping to like party and to like, you know, going from small town Ohio to Dallas, then going to, you know, Los Angeles and partying out there, like getting on MTV, getting on these reality shows, touring the country with these bands, you know, doing like tattoo conventions for a year, just traveling and taking pictures, signing autographs, like, I'm just escaping, 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 escaping. And then it's literally, I never had the hard conversation because why would I want to sit down and look at myself and be like, what don't I like about you? Like, what is it about you that makes me feel like we have to present this other persona? What is it about you that makes me think that like, you're just not enough, that we have to add all these other exterior things to you? No, I'd rather just go party. Cause then I can throw on my best self. Like I can avoid all purpose because partying distracts purpose. So literally like, instead of sitting down and getting things done that are productive and that are you know meaningful and will actually amount to something in life, I'll choose in the moment happiness instead. And so I'll just kind of float through life with just no real end game. Just like, but hey, tonight's gonna be fun and then tomorrow we're going here and this weekend's gonna be this, you know, whatever. And there's, but there's no long term. And so I think that it just, I mean, it starts in the childhood. You think that's where it stems? Yeah. Nobody grows up and says, I want to be homeless, or I want to be a drug addict, or I want to be a, a whore, or a prostitute. Nobody, like, we look at these people and we're like, oh my god, I can't believe that you, you know, whatever, da da da. But like, no one grew up and being like, I'm going to be the best prostitute ever. I'm going to sleep with like 20 guys a night. This is going to be amazing. Big girls. Yeah. No one grows up to do that. No. Like, you look at like a, a porn star. Like, no one grew up and was like, I'm going to, you know, I don't know how graphic we're getting, but you know. Okay. It, but you know what I mean? So you look at that, no one grew up wanting to do that. No, like their dad probably didn't love them. They probably didn't have a good childhood. They didn't know who they were. They found their identity and value in who men said they looked like. And because of that, they then turned around and found, they found identity in that. And then it was like, you know, one thing led to another. And the next thing you know, like they believe this is all they're good for. Who could actually ever want to be with someone like me? You know, I got raped when I was 14, not me, but I'm saying like a person with, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in their mind, they're like, that's okay. So that's all I'm ever good for is like having sex. So then they, you know, and it just kind of, from there. And I mean, but if you look at it, it's people that grow up in like a normal childhood with both parents loving, et cetera. You don't see them like going off the deep end, doing crazy stuff. They may experiment with stuff here and there, but you don't see them usually ending up in these radical situations. No, because they're raised like, they have a foundation. So do you think this stemmed from like, say if there was, a family background at home that there was like negative self-talk coming in either at these kids from themselves or from their family and then to escape this and maybe carve their new identity like you said they turn to alcohol or drugs as a form of escapism or to give themselves an identity well I think that it's easier to find people that are partying don't care about who you are as a person like I don't care if you cheat on your girlfriend, if you're fun to, to play beer pong with, or if you're life of the party. Like, why would I care about that? I, no, because I don't care about right now in the moment. And right now in the moment, you're making my night better because you're fun to be around. Um, I don't care if you, at your job, cheat people all day long and sell them broken cars or broken dreams, whatever, you know? I don't care, because right now, like, I worry about right now. Because all my actual ambitions and all, everything else, all my senses are dulled because of obviously the you know, exterior influences you're putting in your body. So when you look at that, like, it's easier to be whoever you wanna be because 
the guy at the bar can be a loser that never sees his children and is a piece of shit and, you know, beats his wife. But when he goes to the bar, nobody knows that. And the way he'll tell him, oh my God, you know, I work like 50 hours a week. Always oh, just struggling, you know, just, you know, I put food on the table for my kids. I just do everything that I can, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And people are like, oh man, that's a good guy. Heck yeah, and he's a great pool player that I like playing with. So yeah, he's a cool guy, you know, whatever. No, he's a, he's a jerk off, you know? <laughs> but you don't see that side of him. And you don't have to because when you're partying, it's whatever you want to present. So it's kids that, you know, let's say you're good at beer pong. Like, I love beer pong, or I used to love beer pong, whatever. But, you know, you'd be good at beer pong. And nobody gives a shit that, you know, at home, your parents are screaming at you, not me, but somebody else, you know. Parents are screaming at you, and you hide in your room, crying yourself to sleep. No one knows that because at the party, you're just the kid that's good at beer pong, winning every tournament, and getting the cash prize, you know, or whatever, like the superstar. And everybody, you know, that's why we idolize celebrities. It's because we think that that like that amount of attention and like affirmation and validation would make us something. But like the stage is just a personified or a magnified, I guess you could say example of who you are on the floor. So whatever problems you have here, they're just gonna be 10 times worse up here when people see you. But we don't see that, because all we see is like, oh my God, people are gonna follow my Instagram page, they're gonna give me a thousand likes, they're gonna, you know, and all this other stuff. Never realizing that if you don't fix the way you see yourself, it's never gonna matter. Because first you need 5,000 likes to feel special. Then you need 10,000, because now 5,000 is the new normal. And it's just like a drug. So how do you reset yourself? So you mentioned it's never just one drink or one hit, it's a slippery slope. So how did you hit that reset button and you're like, okay, or when was, did you have an exact moment that you felt like enough is enough, Yeah. things have to change? So it was crazy, I literally like, so leading up to the days that I, I got arrested in a really crazy way, it doesn't even make any sense. It's kind of funny. You got arrested? Yeah. So it's kind of, well, it's pretty funny because so, I literally was out and about um, in my girlfriend's car, and I worked at a dealership, so I like, had like I had an authorized agent tag on it instead of her actual tag, um, and uh, but I, I guess I left the inspection inspection sticker on, but I, I we had drove this car for like a year like this and never like whatever, and uh, so the guy pulls me over with that, and. Uh, but, okay, so le 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 let me back up. Leading up to that, I literally like got into the end of like the trail addiction of, I'm like, I remember calling my dad and being like, if this is living, like I don't want to live. Like this is stupid, like this is pointless. And he's like, we talking about like, you know, you got a beautiful girlfriend, you guys, you, know, you guys are struggling financially, but things are gonna work out. And I was like, no, like this is, life is purposeless. Like this is, this is there's nothing, there's no point to this. Um, the problem with me was that I was really good at hiding my addictions. So like people like they knew something was off, but you couldn't ever put your finger on it. And I mean like you know I was pretty successful as far as like working you know and whatnot. Uh, and so, but I remember calling him. I was like, you know, I, I just I, this is living like I don't want to live. I'd rather just die. Like this is this is there's got to be more to life than this. And then all of a sudden I get arrested, and I literally I'm sitting in my cell and it's like I don't know like this crazy just like you know that you know feeling and I was it's like it's like I wasn't alone in myself and I'm sitting there and I was like dude 
I don't even know if you can work with this anymore, but if you can, like, I'm so done. Like, I'm so, like, this is, I, I'm just so done. And it, you know, I hadn't probably talked to God in like nine years. No, no, six years, six years probably. Um, which is an even crazier story. Uh, yeah, that's a crazy one. Um, but it literally, and I was like, you know, if you can work with this dude, I'm done. So I don't know. And I can't describe it. Like it literally, I never went through a single withdrawal. I never went through a single like relapse. It was just like, I literally just, it's something happened and I can't describe it. And it just a, a completely changed mine. Like every stronghold, every thought process, every, you know, all the stuff that normally hinders people was just broken. And it was just a changed mind. So you literally just asked God, please. Yeah, it was like, I mean, so when I was like 21, 22, I'd been partying a lot. I found a lot, you know, I was working in clubs. Cause clubs were always easy because clubs are like new people every night, you know. And you can go to a different club and be like, hey, I'm working at this other club. You should come, come party with me tomorrow night, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of just like cycle through the bar, like each club, like, you know. And uh, I meet this girl. And she's like, you know, you should meet my parents. And I was like, I don't do that. Um, and she's like, no, no, like, you know, you got to meet my parents. Like, I feel something like, and it turns out like her parents uh, were the founders of Daystar, which was like the world's second largest Christian television network. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was like, I can just feel like the call of God on your life. And it's like, even though like we're not doing the right thing right now, I still know in my heart, like what God's telling me, like you got to meet my parents. She's like, no. Nah. And so I meet them and I'm finally agreed to it. I go... And like, we go to this like con convention and there's like thousands of people. And like this pastor like picks me out of a crowd. It's like, you need to come up here. Like, and then like her father comes like running down the stairs and he's like, this is who we were telling you about. And he's like, and I'm like, what? You know, and it's like, the pastor was like, you're meant to like change the world, you know? And it's just like, they're calling your God. And he's like, this is him, this is him. And apparently they had been talking about me throughout the week. But when we got to the convention center, we got separated. So they went up to VIP and I got set with the interns. So he's like, this is him. And he's like, oh my God, this is crazy. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. But the guy who was preaching had a Bible college and he had told them, if you think that this kid is everything you're saying that he is, even though you haven't met him yet and I haven't met him, mm -hmm. I believe you. That, and I know that, you know, I'll give him a full ride scholarship. Wow. Yeah. And so then like when he picks me out of the crowd and then the dude's like, this is him. They're like, then they're like even more confirmation. Like, mm -hmm. this is crazy. Like, you know, and so, but then I like, I blow that chance. Like that, that ends horribly. <laughs> like, you know, like when something comes so easily, you don't recognize the magnitude of the blessing. So yeah, you, you absolutely. Don't, you don't, don't feel it really. No, you're mm -hmm. like, this is like, you walked into it. So you didn't have to fight for it. Yeah. You didn't have to nothing. So like easy come, easy go. Yeah. That was that kind of situation, and uh, that's what pushed me to move to LA. Because then, because then I'd been on TV, so I'm like, I like being on TV, so mm -hmm. I moved to LA. But so I'm literally like, you know, God, if you can work with this, like, I'm just, I'm done. And it was just like, but the thing is, is that I feel like people, because people will hear that and they'll be like, well, I pray, and that didn't work for me. But no, 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 like. From that moment on, I was a changed person. Like everything about me changed. Like I, I stopped listening to certain like rap music. I realized like when I listen to rap music, 
it puts me like I like I think back to like selling drugs. I think back to working like with cartels and like people off of like Sixth Street and Barry, you know, <laughs> going to trap houses at like four in the morning. Oh man, you know, it's like it puts me in that mindset because and, and I can't be in that mindset because that mindset makes me like uh, hero, like makes me not hero. I was wrong for. You're in charge of your own. It makes me like it glamorizes the past, like because that's what that's what addiction always does. And even like really just anything bad for you is like a bad relationship. When you're fighting and you're like getting ready to break up or whatever, you think about all the good moments and you're like, and you see that best version of them possible. And like you remember all the way they made you feel originally and all this other stuff, but you don't realize like, no, the last six months have been hell. Like she's cheated on you twice and you know, you don't give a shit and you've hit her once, you know, whatever it is, you know, but you don't think of any of that. Cause all you can think about is, oh my God, my world's going to like crash if I don't, you know what I mean? If I don't have her. Mm-hmm. because it's like the normal for you and so with addiction like if you're not careful you know you'll watch something like you know you watch a TV show that has like clubs and all these people dancing and it looks like they're having the time of their life and I'll think back and be like oh my god I remember being in LA at supper club and there's 4,000 people and I'm on the stage just like throwing bottles having the time of my life you know just stupid like literally I was a, I was the worst man I would throw bottles I would throw ice all over people in the crowd like just stupid man and it was like, literally, you don't, so I'll look at that and I'll be like, oh my God, that was so much fun. But then I forget that not even like four hours later, I'm walking eight blocks at five in the morning because I'm out of cocaine and I don't want the party to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, or, you know, it's 4.45 and I'm in this, or, you know, 6.45 and the sun's coming up and I'm having to walk home back to my loft, you know? You don't think about that, and you know the sun's like hurting your eyes because you're so strung out. But you don't remember that because you'll just look at the party and be like, "Oh my god, yes, that was what's fun." And you'll think about that because whenever you so people look at me like, "Well, I prayed," I have, but have you changed everything about you once you prayed? Like, have you safeguarded your mind and your heart? Because that's where like the things come into. Is what are you like? Okay, whatever you watch, listen to, or see has to come out in an action, a word, or um, action, a word, or a thought. Okay. So if I watch them partying, I'm either going to start thinking like, oh, that was awesome. That was cool. Like, I remember it was nice. Or I'm going to actually go out and do it. Or I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to talk about it. And then the more I talk about it, the more I'm going to want to do it. So when you start to safeguard your mind, you're like, okay, I can't watch these kind of shows. And people will look at that and be like, it's elementary. But it's really not. Because it's like... Now, I need to stop feeding lies into my, into my system, and I need to start feeding truth. And the truth is, is that's not who I want to be. So if I have to take those extreme measures, whatever you want to call them, then that's what I'll do because this is more important to me. So like the thing is, is that when I was sad, I would go party because I want to be around people. When I was lonely, I would go party because I want to be around people. If I was happy, I want to celebrate, so let's go party. Like Everything about an addict's mind has to change. And the biggest thing is retraining, you know, if you, if you grew up in a home where your dad and mom fought every single day, screaming and cussing, it doesn't phase you. But if you brought over one of your friends, they'd be like, what the shit? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, it's, no, that's just mom and dad. Don't worry about it. And you go back to playing Xbox, like no big deal. Mm-hmm. But the other person's like, what in the hell is going, like, what? Oh, we're just playing, okay, this isn't happening, okay. Like, so as an addict, like, 
it's normal to go out and do these things. You have to change everything because your instinct is is that this is normal. So now whenever you're not doing it, you're looking at like all this free time and you're like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with my life? Because you can't hang out with the same friends. Like those friends are, because they either A, they don't see a problem with what you're doing or B, they see a problem with what you're trying to do because they're like, nah, dude, like, bro, you're fine. Like, this is what we do. Come on, this is who we are. And you're like, no, 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 no. like, I don't want to be that anymore. Like, that person, like, is in a cycle of just self-destructive tendencies that doesn't amount to anything. Is that hard breaking out of that cycle, especially with your friends looking at you? Because you said they judge you somewhat for trying to break out. Well, I mean, you either get the friends, like, especially in, like, lower income brackets, you will get the friends that will be like, oh, like, do you think you're better than us? Like, you, like you're too mm-hmm. good for this now? Um, or if you're, like, you know, or just other friends that are like, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, dreamers are the worst people to fight through life in the sense of the kid that's playing guitar for 10 hours a day in his garage, like, loser, get a real job. Like, what are you doing? But then he puts out one record that revolutionizes music, and it's everybody's like, oh, my God, how did you do it? I know that guy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and so literally when they look at you and you're like, no, like, I have dreams. I want bigger things. They're like, oh, my God, like, whatever. Like, this, because they're so, the status quo has been established. It's like, those friends, that's where they're going to be. This is what they do. And they're okay with that. But if but when you, when you begin to want more, you begin to realize, like, dude, we were doing the same shit last year. Like, nothing's changing. What are we doing? We get one shot at life, and we're sitting here wasting it at the, at the local at the Hooters. Bar, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. And, but to them, like, that's not a problem because, like, it works for them. So what would be the habits you think that helped you the most break out of that cycle? Um, I think that... Or behaviors, if you want to put it. Habits, behaviors. I think that it's a big thing of what you put in, like, okay, so when you're trying to like, have, when you have addictions and you have these, these things that have a hold of you, the only reason why they gained access initially is because you were trying to fill something. Whether you were lonely, whether you were sad, whether you were happy, whatever it is, you had some sort of void that you were trying to fill. So in relation to your addiction, what habits do you think were the most instrumental in you kicking your addiction or changing your life? I think that, I think it began with safeguarding my mind and safeguarding my heart and realizing that you, that this life, like when you're searching for something externally to fill this void, like an addiction and alcohol, you know, you're sad, you're gonna go party, you're trying to be around people, all this stuff you're searching like externally for, you forget that like, this is your life and you get one shot. So you've literally got this one life that you are wasting by trying to search for everything out there and finding nothing because it's never enough. Whether it's money, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, it's never like you're, you're always, until it's here, you're always gonna be searching out there. And so with that, like you have the right to say no. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> but you have the right just to look at somebody and be like, you're not good for me. I'm sorry. Like, I love you, but you're not good for me and I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's hard, yeah. Cause you have to like, but like the thing is like, it shouldn't be. Cause like the only reason why you wouldn't say that is if you don't love yourself. But addicts usually don't love themselves. So they're like, no, 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 don't leave. Like, cause I love you. Cause I, but I don't really love you. I just need you to say you love me too because I don't actually love myself. But I think that you love me. So I want you around me so I can feel loved. Even if they're like 
poison in yeah. a sense too. It doesn't matter because like at least I feel something to try yeah. to fill that, that void, that pain. And so, but then like when you like, when you get freedom and you start like, because the thing is like an addict's never fought for themselves because they've never looked in the mirror and been like, like I had to look in the mirror and be like, what don't I love about myself? Well, I didn't like my teeth. I didn't like, I was a skinny little boy. Like, I mean, I was, well, not, I was skinny. I mean, I was pretty skinny. Yeah. But I always had this big mouth on me because I love to fight, you know? And it's like, <laughs> but it's like, I just like, and I was, I could just cut people to shreds and, and, and with my words. And it was like, but why did I do that? Well, because I feel worthless. So rather than speak life to somebody else, I'm going to bring you down to my level. And so with that, I had to look and be like, what don't you like about yourself? And I'm like, well, like, you're kind of scrawny, dude. Like, you don't have abs. You're just really skinny. You, know? you said this to yourself. Yeah, you got to look at yourself. You got to be honest. It's hard. That sucks. Because you're looking at it and you're like, why are you a douchebag? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I remember when I was little, before my mom died, she wrote me a letter. And uh, it sucks. I, I literally, I had a house fire and it burned up everything. And I can't remember 90% of the letter, but I will always remember this one part. Is that she was like, Brent... You're too young right now, but one day you're going to have to grow up and decide what kind of man you want to be. You're either going to be the kid that picks on somebody and everybody else follows in and the, and the kid just gets humiliated, or you're going to be the kid that says, no, no, stop. And everybody will stop because they don't want to face you. Because they know that if they face you, they'll turn into the very kid they were picking on. You'll turn them into that. And she was like, you're, like, like one day you're going to have to decide that you don't want to be the kid that is on, like, leading the charge but you have to be the one that stops it. But only you can make that decision and you'll know when it's time. And so, looking at that, I was look at, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, F-bomb, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> you know, like, is that guy still in there? Is that kid mm. still in there? And can I be that guy? It's so much harder to love people than it is to be mean to them. Like, it sounds stupid because it should be easy to love people, but it's hard because they'll reject you. Because, like, it's like the kid in the ghetto that's growing up, like, it's acting out in class. You label him as, like, a hoodlum and a, re you know, whatever you want to call it. But the reality of the fact is that he doesn't get any love and affirmation at home. That's why he acts out because he wants attention. He's just getting it in the wrong way. And then when you try to love him, he doesn't know what love actually looks like, so he rejects it. He rejects the very thing that he wants and needs because he doesn't know how to accept it. It's like this horrible cycle of like, cause he's like, what do you want from me? And you're like, nothing, I just want to love you, man. That's why the teacher, like, he just, they'll run all over a teacher that actually cares because the teacher's like, I just want to love you and see the best come out of you. And they're like, fuck you, you know? But so you're looking in there and I'm like, man, like, what is like, why do you, why are you this way? And I realized because like, if I was arrogant and people saw me as arrogant, they would naturally assume that I know that I'm better than them or think that I'm better than them. So therefore, they would never question it. Because I don't care what anyone says, perception is reality. That's why you can have people that have shit and literally like nothing, but their kid plays football on Friday nights for the high school team. And when he throws a touchdown, they're the greatest parents ever. They're like, this is, you know, whatever. But they go back home to jobs that suck. You know, janitor at Walmart or, you know, greeter. No offense to anybody that works at Walmart. But they're the happiest people ever. And then you've got a billionaire that's terrible because he's pissed off and angry and his wife hates him and whatever else and all he worries about is stress and work and, you know, et cetera. Because their perception is, man, we're so blessed that, our, that we, we re-raise this son that now gets to play football. Like, that's their perception is that life is amazing. So do you think gratitude is a big part 
and happiness in oh, that yeah. respect. Oh yeah. But you can't be grateful for something that you don't value. And if you don't value yourself, then you won't value your life. So when you're looking in the mirror and you're like, man. <laughs> how do you how do you change that self-talk though? So I'm probably a lot of people out there can admit this that they're their harshest critic. Like if I was if I treated, if I had a boss who treated me the way I treat myself at times, yeah. I'd want to quit that job. I was like, <laughs> I don't deserve to be treated like this. Like, how do you change that self-talk towards yourself where you become your biggest fan as opposed to your biggest critic, like a lot of people I'm sure are? I think that it comes down to this, this I think it comes down to A, love. But like, like, whenever you realize like, who God says you are, it, it's a, like, okay. Truth is truth. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. So like whenever you're, you're, we were meant to recognize truth. And so when you're reading that, like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I like, I am more than a conqueror. Like, and you're reading all these scriptures and it's all truth. And it's just pop, 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 pop. And it's hitting your heart. Like where there's light, there can be no darkness. So like for me, I stopped, like, I, I realized that progress, you either, I either had to progress or die, but I had to start progressing in the right way. And so with that, like, I started listening to podcasts and YouTube teachings of, like, my favorite pastors and preachers. And I mean, I probably listened to, like, 3,000, like, in the first year, you know? It was, like, literally, like, hours and hours a day. But it was truth, like, hitting my system. Like, truth that I couldn't deny. And it was, like, you know... I no longer listen, I, don't, I no longer watch like TV and watch lives or like look at Instagram and lives that I wish I could have. I started listening to people that like Eric Thomas, you know, I, like I love Eric Thomas. That dude is a savage. Um, but is like, he a YouTuber or? He, uh, yeah, he started on YouTube. He's a but pastor he, though, is he? Uh, he, yeah, well, I think technically he could be, but technically he's the, his like official like label, we're going to call it, is the number one motivational speaker in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, like what's his name again? Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas. So is there? He he came from literally like eating out of trash cans, homeless at eighteen, and went on to get a PhD, and like now like I mean he's spoken to like every NBA team, every NFL team. Like he travels around the world. Like just mm -hmm. it's what he does. So is there anyone besides Eric Thomas? Any other podcasters, YouTubers, or books even you'd recommend to people out there? Um, I think that. Well, I think, I think a, a better question first is how to change that inner voice. Mm -hmm. a, yes. A is, is the truth, but then it's looking at it and realizing like, hey, like when that inner voice tells you like, man, you need to get your shit together. Like, oh man, and it compares it to other people as if other people have it figured out, but they don't. Like nobody has life figured out. What a beautiful conclusion of reality. Like. You don't have life figured out. I don't have life figured out. Now we're following it to the best of our understanding of what it looks like, but we don't know for sure. Like what 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 considers a successful, happy life? What well, answer is like infinite because so many like you know anybody can have a different answer for it of what makes their life happy, what makes their life good. So when you realize that, you stop holding yourself to these other standards. Look at someone like Jeff Bezos. Sixteen years ago, his office was literally the size of this little space. Like, I've seen the picture. Serious? It's like Amazon. And it was literally from that, from where, like, where the doorway is to here. It was just that size. And it said Amazon 1999. And now he's the world's richest man. 16 years. Like, office to nothing to now, like, the biggest company in the world. 
Like, but he, but he didn't do that till he was like 34 or 35. Like we, we look at these people and we're like, oh man, they were already here by this age or they were here. And we put these comparison games. But when you stop the comparison and you're like, okay, I can't control what anybody else is doing, but I can control what I'm doing. Today, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna literally, I think it was Michael Jordan who said, I never competed against anybody else. I only competed against myself and I wanted to be better than I was the day before. So when you look at that, you're like, okay, so you need to find something that's progressive, something that makes you happy. Like whether it, I don't care if it's writing or whether it's, you know, DJing or whether it's, you know, lifting or like fighting or like, you know, whatever it may be, find something. Um, it can be music, it can be learning, whatever it is, but find it and begin to educate yourself with it and make, do something that you're passionate about. Like there's, there's no mistake in why you're passionate about the things you're passionate about. Like, like your, your spirit gives you keys, like hints. Cause you know what excites you, you know what feels like, like you can do certain things that don't even feel like work. And like you can do them for hours and like you're still like, doesn't even affect you. But then you can go do something else for like an hour and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> this is the like, worst. Like when's this over? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're, like, your spirit knows, your body knows. But whenever you, to tone that voice down, you've got to start really like taking every thought captive. No, 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 I'm not a piece of shit. I'm not a junkie. That old guy was, yeah, that guy was a dirt. Like, I remember, like, when I, the mother of my child, we would get into arguments from after, like, I first, like, got, like, after, like, you know, probably, like, a year of being sober. And she'd be like, you know, you're, oh, well, you know, you were a drug addict. You know, I'd be like, I know. He was. That dude was a piece of shit. Like, that was a narcissist. Like, I can't believe you dated him. <laughs> what were you thinking? But, no, you know, I'd be like, oh, like, yeah, you're right, 100%. And she'd be like, what, what? And I'd be like, no, no, you're right. I 100% agree with you. I'm not going to defend that guy. Because that's not, that may have been who I was then, but it's not who I am now. Like, if you're an actor and you just got cast in a movie where you played part A, and then a year from then you got cast in a movie and played part B, why would I confine you to part A? No, 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 he can only play this role. No, like, you can play any role you want. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, why, why, can't you, why can't you apply that to your everyday life? That may have been who I was yesterday, but that's not who I am today. I don't have to be that person anymore. I can start a new role today and decide, hey, this is who I'm going to be. And the worst part is that everybody will hold you to your past and be like, oh, bro, okay, like, we'll see, or whatever. But you make the conscious decision to be like, no, 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 like, this is who I'm going to be. I learned my lessons. Everything that happened yesterday happened, and that's, that's great but they've served their part and now they can move on because now I'm moving on in this direction to who I really am. This is who I'm gonna be from now on. Like you're not confined to that stuff. Like that person's dead, it's gone, passed, let it go. But people don't wanna do that because they, like, they get haunted by these thoughts of like, I can't believe I did this, I can't believe I did that. I can't. Like no, no, like that's serving you no good whatsoever. Like what are you gonna do today and make the conscious choice? And we get scared though because we're like, what are you thinking? Hmm? Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. Please <laughs> you, keep going. You get scared because it's like nobody like, okay, life is this giant process, right? Like whether you're in a marriage, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're in a job, you're going through this process of trying to get to a promise, like happiness, a happy marriage, a good marriage, a new promotion, whatever it is. But the moment you get there, then it's like, okay, now we need to go through the process of being parents and now we want kids. So everything in life, you're always in process. But after every process is a promise, you'll stick it out. 
So when you're looking at that, never be afraid of the moments that like, uh, by definition, we're all rookies when we start something new. Like every single one of us was. Some are better than others, but we're all rookies. And you never should be fearful of those moments because they're like the roots that allow the tree to grow deep. And the more that you mess up, the more that you're gonna be better in the long run because you know all the things not to do. Like, I can, it sounds dumb, but it's so true. Like, I can value life so much more and value myself so much more because I never valued it before. And I looked for all this other stuff to value it for me and it didn't work. And now I'm like, oh wait, I had to love myself first. So now that I realize that, I cherish that. I hold it like a child next to me and I'm like, you can't have this. Like, no, you're not good for me. Like, that girl at the gym, yes, she is smoking hot. She keeps working out in the machine next to me, but guess what? I know she's bad for me. That's gonna derail me from purpose. And I don't, before, I would need her to smile at me for me to feel good. But I don't need that anymore because you know why? I fought tooth and nail to look in the mirror every single day and be like, you are worth this. You are worth a shot at life. I am not gonna fall back. I am pushing forward no matter how lonely, no matter how dark it is, I won't die for this thing. But I'm gonna live my best life. And she's gonna be a distraction to that. Because either she's gonna party or she's gonna you know, just take my focus off of me. Because the thing is, is that whenever you fight for yourself, you no longer give yourself away easy. Like, if you don't fight for yourself and you're just like, whatever, you'll have a million one night stands because you don't care because you don't value yourself. But when you've sat in the trenches and fought to become who you want to be as a person, and I'm not saying that anyone's perfect or that they're arrived, but you're on that path, you look at that person and you're like, no, like, you're a whole bag of issues that I don't want. Sorry, I don't care how hot you are. You know what I mean? Because, because you're, boom. Because I realize what I'm worth now. Like, I'll give you a stable relationship. It can be equal. I don't need anything from you. You could make my life better, but I, it, my life isn't gonna be worse because you're not a part of it. But uh, for other people, they're looking like, okay, when I slept with all the girls that I've slept with, I was trying to fix my brokenness by taking advantage of theirs. And it never works. It's just like a self-defeating cycle. Yeah. That perpetuates. Addiction. Self-defeating cycle that perpetuates everything. Mm -hmm. And then, so if you were, say the person on the other end of that camera, an addict out there, like you in the thumbnail, the, the picture you show me, Super Skinny Brent, yeah. if you could talk to him or all the people out there right now, and something you talked about today, you have to do it today to really hit that reset button. What would you tell them to do today to start getting their lives back on track for something they can actually walk away and like, okay, this is how we, just steps. Like you said, the elephant yeah. one bite at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause you look at the elephant and you're like, oh my God, how am I gonna eat this? So you just a bite at a time. Um, I think it is, for me it starts with prey. Okay, say so for people out there, that aren't spiritual? Yeah, just general people. Try it anyways. <laughs> but I mean, literally like, what's the, so if you don't believe in it, what's the worst that could happen? Nothing. But from that point on, is literally like, because for me, to, dis, to disvalue that would disvalue everything that got me to where I am. Yeah. And so for me, I, I would literally, I would, I would say, try it. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, mm -hmm. God, is there a God out there? God, I don't believe in you. But if, if, if this is real, like, help me, show me. Like, what's the worst happen? Nothing happens, and then you're like, okay, like, what do you have to lose? 
Like when you're like as an addict that wants to get clean, like you have to realize like you already are in the worst position of your life. Like you're at a place where probably people don't trust you. You're at a place where you're hiding it maybe. So your life is a constant like just game of shadows, you know. Um, you're at a place where you know you're probably low on money, um, struggling to get by. And you've got to look at these hard truths, like your family probably doesn't trust you. Um, your friends probably aren't. You might have 5,000 Facebook friends, but not five real ones. Um, and you have to look at all these hard truths and realize like, this sucks, but I want better. And you're gonna have, you might have physical withdrawals, you might have mental withdrawals, but you have to look at it and make up your mind and say, listen, if I keep going down this cycle, it's never gonna change. So obviously like, you maybe, you, maybe you were like me and you had tried to get clean before and it didn't work. So what do you have to lose by trying something new? Like, try, I think it's what is it, Einstein or Edison that was like the same result, trying the same thing and get a different uh, result is insanity. Yeah, that's it. Trying the same thing over, over and, and over. But hoping for a different, different result. results. Insanity. Yeah. So what do you have to lose by prayer? Like. God, if you and Jesus are real, like, show me Just your help me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm at the end of myself because clearly everything I've been trying isn't working. And so with that, so you take that and you start there. And then you start and you say, okay, today I'm going to start, like, because your body's going to naturally withdraw, or it should. Um, because you're either going to, like, you know, because, it, it, like, the effect that it has. So you start with, like, endorphins. I think that's what they're called. Uh, when you work out, you get like a, a dwarfin. Yeah, like, a rush. Yeah, like a run-in. Start with like a little workout. Because then, okay, cause the cool thing about working out, the thing that I love about it is it changes your mindset. Because if you can make a strict habit of working out every day, then you begin to see yourself as a winner. Why? Because you get shit done. Like no matter what, you go to the gym and you do, do whatever you intended to do, whether it's a half an hour, hour, three hours, whatever. But you get things done. So then you see yourself as a person that accomplishes things. So then the more you work out, the more you set goals. Well, before I was only lifting 30 pounds. Now I'm lifting 50. Okay, hey, look at that. I set goals, I accomplished them. Now I'm going even further. You're like, you're setting, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And setting all the cards in your favor to see yourself as a winner. And when you see yourself as a winner, you'll become a winner because you are what you think. So literally it's like, today I was running a five minute mile, or a, you know, an eight minute mile, but, but a month from now, I might be running a seven minute mile, then a six minute mile. Now I can run a four and a half minute mile. You know, it's like, I didn't start off that way, but that's, you know, it progressed. And so literally like, and when you're running, it clears your head. I love running. Like for me, the first year that I was sober, I ran 1,262 miles. Yeah, it was nuts. Jesus. Yeah, it was nuts. Like literally, but you know what? It was amazing. Cause I would put on worship music and I would just be gone. Like, and I would just, I would go for like hours, but it literally came down to that kind of stuff. Like I blocked out all the negative and I realized like, dude, you're better than this. The person listening to this is better than this. Like, that's not your life. That's not who you want to be. That's not who you were destined to be. Like, not only do you deserve better, but the people who love you deserve better. And until you realize that and you get out of this victimization, of being like, well, I could easily sit, I sat there for I don't know how many years and was like, well, you know, my mom died when I was 14. I was on my own since, I, since then, you know, this is just the way it's always been. 
You know, I, I you know, blah, blah, and people would feel, and the people would understand, they empathize with that. Yeah, you're right, man, that's crazy. Like, growing up without a parent, like, that's, or any parents, like, that, you know, da, da, da. And they go with it, and it's like, that, that's a terrible story. Yeah, you're right, man, it's, it's crazy you made it this far, you know, blah, blah. No, you should have sat me down and been like, you know what, she would have wanted better for you, dipshit. What are you doing? <laughs> like, have a hard talk with them. Be like, listen, if you're if someone's listening they have a person in their family that's addicted, you know, pray for them. But sit them down and be like, listen, do you, is this who you want to be? Like, is this how you want to be portrayed? This is how fan, friends and family see you. Is that how you want to be forever? No. No one wants to be a, like a loser. Sorry, like, it's the truth. Like, you're adding nothing to society. Every person, every single thing. Like, the thing about it, it was when I was an addict... No matter what, every single person I met, I took something from them. Whether it was their validation, whether it was their affirmation, whether it was their their money, whether it was their their drugs, whether it was, whatever it was, I always took. I never added to. And if I added to, it's only because I was I was adding here, but I was taking here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I gave you a good time, but I took all your money while I did it, kind of thing. And so literally, like, it was never just a, a positive exchange for anybody. I mean, they could be like, well, yeah, I had fun, but, you know, I'm broke now, but whatever, you know what I mean? But it was mm-hmm. never like a, a truly positive interaction. No one wants to be that. That's a horrible person. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Absolutely. we don't speak about it like no. that because we're like, oh, you know, whatever, da, da, da. But no, like, look yourself in the mirror and be like, this is not who I want to be. Like, if you could write one thing on your mirror, it would just be like, this isn't you. And realize the gravitude of that situation. Because what you're looking at isn't you, but who you're going to be is going to be better than this person. And you're going to make the conscious decision to be like, you know what, I'm going to fight for this every day. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to thank God two years from now when I'm in the best shape of my life and I'm, I'm, I've got my life on track. You know, I'm going to find things. If it isn't fitness for you, you got to find something that you can consistently pour into and feel like you're progressing. Because the moment you feel like you're caught in the middle of nothing, because there's going to be times where you literally, I think the hardest thing, probably the hardest thing besides breaking mindsets and, and getting sober is that you have to face down every demon that you've put to sleep. Not put to sleep, but you've, uh, over the years, you've just like numbed them or like, you know, like uh, kind of sedated them because you just partied your way through them, never actually had to face them. When you become sober, like, there's no more running from those, those bad boys. And they've been waiting for years, probably, to have a conversation <laughs> with you. you. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, there you are. And that's the thing that I look at people, and I'm like, you really want to face that alone? Like, when you have a loving God that, you know, let's just take, it, take even a God out of a picture, but just look at, look at all your demons, everything that you're going to have to pile through. Whether it's making amends with people, whether it is whatever it is, like you want to go through that alone? More of a man than I am. That's scary. That's... Like you got to look down and you got to go look at all those people that you were a horrible person to, and you want to try to do that alone? I, I I wouldn't want to. I thank God that I that I that Jesus helped me do it, mm-hmm. because there's gonna be times where literally you have no one else to talk to but God, because you literally like a you've discontinued all of your friends. You've changed your phone number. You either for like I think for like four months I took off all social media and was like I just need to be me. 
Like this, I can't have, I can't, I need to be me. And so with that isolation, it was like, it's just you and you. And, and I, I want someone to talk to. And I could sit there, God, I don't know what we're gonna do. God, why can I not be that person? Why can I not, I wanna be this, but why am I stuck with this? What in the world? And then it's like, okay, how do I change this? And for me, you know, a big day-to-day -day action was finding somebody else to love. Because your whole life you've taken, and taken and taken and taken, now it's time to give back. Even if it's, especially if it's to a stranger. And don't tell anyone, don't be like, you know, oh, da da da, you know, like, I mean, if you're talking to people, come up conversation, whatever, but don't just like, you know, go around like, oh, I did this, that, that, you know, it's just like, make it an everyday lifestyle everywhere you go, whether it's the homeless guy and you give him five bucks, or it's the, you know, you take a shopping cart for, for an old lady. You're like, hey, you want me to take the cart thing for you so you don't have to walk all the way over there? Whatever, you know, or it's paying for a stranger's meal. You will find the crazy, craziest self-appreciation is loving people that can do nothing for you. Because it's like, it's the purest form of love. I want nothing from you, but just to love you. And you don't even have to know that it was me that was loving you. I might pay for your meal and just walk away. Or I might drive, you know, do the whole pay it forward, drive it, you know, to the drive through, whatever it is. But you literally, when you, when you become love, God is love. So when you become love, everything that's not has to fall away. Because this giant light of love is coming, flowing on your life. And every, every, every bit of darkness has to flee. So when you look at that, you just love. Every, love the person in front of you. And when you're so focused on doing that, all your own stuff kind of just kind of floats away. So God is love. Yeah. Oh. God is love. When you look at it, I mean, I get that everybody has this different view of like who God is and who this and who whatever. Like Christianity is a religion that is based around a man that dropped every offense, but it's represented by like the most offendable people on the planet makes no sense mm. like Christianity was never supposed to be known by its doctrine or its theology it was meant to be known by its passion like it's love in action it's leaving every person that you meet better off than them. like if you look at the life of Jesus every person he met he left them better off than before he met before they met him never single one and that's the role model for 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 a good per like a, for, for who we want to be like right so with that you look at it and you're like every person that I'm going to meet I'm going to go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way either to compliment them or whatever it is. But I'm gonna leave them better off than than they were before I'm, they met me. It's a beautiful mantra. <laughs> <laughs> but you look at it and it, it and again it can sound hard, but it's not because you just literally it's just love. And the more you love, the the, the less you hate. And so it, it literally it like it love conquers all. I don't care what it is. Love is the strongest force in the universe ever. And so you've got this like. People look at the Bible and they want to dissect it a million different ways. I look at it and I see a God desperate to interact with his children. And all throughout the Bible, he is trying to find ways to, to have a relationship with them. And then he's like, you know what? He just throws the Hail Mary and he's like, I'm going to send my son. And I'm going to literally <laughs> just like, whatever it takes. Literally like, the Hail Mary. You know? And just, just because he didn't want heaven without mm -hmm. us. And when you realize, like, people look at the, the cross and they're like, man... That is like, you know, our sin was high and whatever, blah, blah. No, 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 no. You don't pay that high of a price for something that's not that valuable. I'm not going to give you a million dollars for, you know, 
this chair because it's not worth it. So obviously he looked at you and said the price was that high, but he was like, I'll send the most, the greatest thing I've got because you're worth it. When you realize like the value of that, then you don't sell yourself cheap because you realize like, I'm, uh, what's that, what's that, uh, Loki and uh, Avengers? I'm burdened with glorious purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any parting words for people today? Listening, watching? I think that people need to realize that when you realize who you are, you're no longer affected by circumstances or things that happen to you. Like there's an old phrase that I heard that I love that you can't let sin against you produce sin within you. So the guy that cut you off in traffic, like for whatever reason, idiot, you know, whatever, but you can't cause that to cause a reaction out of you. An addict's worst f uh, vulnerability or weakness is that they're very reactionary. Oh, I had a bad day. Screw this. Oh, now it's a good day. You know? Um, oh, she broke up with me. You know, whatever. Like it's, everything is reacting to things. And you'll always be a reactionary person until you take the time to discover who you are and who God says you are. And with that, you develop an inner peace that you're not molded by circumstances or life. Like, if, if this happens, okay, like one of my, like, probably my favorite expression ever, I repeat it to myself like a hundred times a day sometimes, is, okay, this surprised me, but it didn't surprise God. And I find like this crazy peace in that of just knowing that it's not all on me. Like, I, 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 it, it's, I just need to handle how I, how, what I do and how I react. And oftentimes that's in not reacting. There's a power in not reacting. And, you know, day one turns into day 12. Day 12 turns into day 30. One month turns into four. Four months turns into a year. But, like, you can never look at it and be, like, so trying. Because like, I remember before when I tried to get sober, on my last, like, two months, maybe three, but I never really could pass like the 100 day mark. And the reason being is I would, I'd be looking so far ahead that I would trip over the branches in front of me. You know what I mean? And it was like, I never was just here in the moment. Sometimes like, hey, I didn't use drugs today. Yes, that's amazing. That's a victory. Yeah. And maybe that's the only victory that I experienced for the day. But you know what, two years ago, like me and the mother of my child, like I think she's an amazing person that I have the utmost respect for. But we just like, cause obviously like our relationship, she, she dated that addict, that narcissist, that, that, that just jerk, that, you know, everything under the sun guy, right? So there's a reason why she interacts with me the way she does. If you met her, you'd be like, oh my God, this girl is, this is an amazing girl. She's like incredible. And then you'd watch us interact and you'd be like, who is that? <laughs> like, what happened to the girl that I've, like, that, this amazing person that I've met? Mm -hmm. But you can remember, like, I, I, in a sense, I made her that way because of, you know. But you literally, before, you know, if we were getting a bang, I'd be like, you know, screw this, I'm out, leave the house, you know, forget you and come back, like, two days later off of, you know, whatever. But, funny part, I don't know why I saw this, but like literally like she never, she always knew something was wrong, but she never knew I was an addict. God, when she found out, she was like, done. 
Uh, but what's funny is that back then, like, right? But if we get in an argument now, I'm like, okay, like, that's fine. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm not really worried about it. Like, it doesn't, there's no, and sometimes, like, that's the victory. The, the ultimate victory is to not even get in an argument, obviously. But let's just say that we get in an argument, we argue over whatever it is, even if I lose my temper and say some mean things that I don't mean, you know, I give myself the grace to be like, okay, but you know what? Yeah, you said some really mean things maybe. Like she said some, you said some, you know, how that goes with a couple or like an ex-couple or whatever. Um, but you know what? Like afterwards, you just went to the gym or you went and got a bite to eat. You didn't go snort 12 lines of cocaine and go on a binger looking for, you know, some girl with daddy issues. Like this, like this is a win mm -hmm. and we got to celebrate that stuff because you got to start seeing yourself as a winner. You get stuff done. You decide you're going to be sober today and you did that. Now tomorrow you're going to do it again. And maybe tomorrow's goal is two days. So then you do it two days and then uh, now you're at four and then you're, you know what I mean? Whatever. Mm -hmm. But you start seeing yourself as like, Hey, I get stuff done. Like I decided that I'm going to write, you know, for an hour, just express myself on a journal, you know, because maybe that, maybe you don't like to go to the gym. I think you should go to the gym. Like it just makes you feel better, but to each their own. But okay, I'm going to write for an hour. So you wrote for an hour. Look at you. Like you express yourself. You got everything off of you in a positive way that didn't have any negative ramifications. So when you look at that, you're like, okay, like, and so I would tell people, you know, that literally like, it's okay. Like just like, how do I say it? Like, kind of, kind of to go back to, like, the writing on the mirror thing, you know, it's like, you know, I think, I don't know who said it. I wish I could, I wish I could claim it and say that I said it, because it's a really good quote. But it says, your survival, your survival rate, or what is it? Out of all the bad days you've had in your life, you're batting up. You're batting a hundred percent. How does it go? It says, "For all the bad days you've had in life, your survival rate is a hundred percent." Like you're still here. Yeah, like like all the things that you know you've had that days where you thought you're gonna die. You're like, this is it for me. Like this is crazy. Whatever it, what, you know, maybe like I'm gonna lose my house. I'm gonna lose my whatever it is. Like <clears throat> all these things that were like you know, whatever. Like you're still here. Like you made it. So like. That's a perfect record. That's like people don't people aren't perfect, but your but your record of making it through your bad days is like you're still here, you're still fighting, you're still kicking. So when you look at that, you're like, this too shall pass. I'm not gonna make a home in this situation. I'm gonna I'm gonna pack a tent, and you know what? Tomorrow I'm gonna move on. And I may still be in this valley, but every day I'm getting closer to the end of it. I know what I am because after every valley is a mountain. So keep on walking keep on walking but instead people are like this is terrible and they start building a house and they make a home in their pain and they were never meant to like it was meant to pass it will pass yeah <laughs> this too will pass so on that note if anyone watching or listening wanted to reach out to you is there a particular um, way do you still have social media or yeah I don't, I don't post a lot but uh say if someone wanted to message you and say hey I am Troyer, T-R-O-Y-E-R. I am Troyer? Yeah. On Instagram. Instagram? Instagram? Okay, so DM you or something yeah. like that. Well, very good. Thank you so much, Brent. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a cool thing. I mean, I think that, you know, it just, 
I think it's awesome what you're doing because you have something in your spirit that wants you to help connect people to, to create a, like a problem-solving environment. And so it shows a lot about your character and like a lot about your integrity is that you're like, in the beginning, like this is like one of the first episodes, right? Mm -hmm. So literally like, we're allowed to suck. We're allowed to like not have everything go perfect, you know what I mean? Absolutely. But we're, but you're gonna put it out there, mm -hmm. and you're gonna keep putting it out there, and you're gonna keep chasing it, you're gonna keep doing it, and you're gonna keep progressing forward, think, you know, day by day, episode by episode, whatever it is. And you know, if the next thing you know, you might be like the Joe Rogan experience. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the Joe Rogan Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But and so that's awesome. I think we should applaud it and recognize like the moment mm -hmm. that we're in, because one day you're gonna look back at this and be like, that started it all. Mm -hmm. But you're gonna be glad that you started. And just like every addict out there, if they'll take that step, because I mean, we, we talked about this for a while, but here we are now doing it. Like, it's always like every step gets easier and you may get a blow and maybe like, you know, a future episode, you film it and it's like the shittiest thing ever, <laughs> but you know that like good ones are possible. And so you keep going. And, and so, you know, I encourage you, man. Thank you. Amen to that. Thank you, bud. Yes, Let's kick ass. And thank you guys so much. I will tell you about the next episode shortly, so stay tuned. Thank you. Love you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please remember to like and subscribe to the channel. And, and, don't forget to let your mind roar. Peace.